And welcome to Small Biz Matters here in the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. You are listening to Alexi Boyd with another fantastic guest, a sprawling education ready for you for small businesses and lots of great things to think about. Um, We are midway through the year, everyone. If you missed any of last week's show, we were, of course, interviewing the ATO and talking about getting your end of financial year stuff under wraps, but also what I enjoyed about that conversation was what do they expect to see? What what are they hoping to to uh, to see from you? Um, and what do you do if you're a bit behind with your tax too? So it's great to hear it from the horse's mouth. If you missed any of last week's show, you can of course podcast it wherever you get your podcasts and on our website smallbizmatters.com.au. Now, it's another great uh, guest in the studio today. We're talking all about change management and um, it actually occurred to me a little while ago that I haven't actually covered this, which is a fairly fundamental part of running a business. Now, we expect ourselves to be flexible and adaptable and nimble and that's what our strengths are and, and we actually take great pride in that as small businesses. And we also know that we need to evolve along with software and we know that's better, a more efficient way to work. So why are we so fearful of change? Is it basically because we're avoiding putting off our clients with a new process? Is it our employees who are nervous or is it just us who's stuck in our own self-made rut, avoiding change because of the fear of something new? I will put my hand up and say that I'm not a fan of change, so I'm hoping to learn lots today. Now, change management in the corporate world is handled by entire consulting firms like KPMG or Deloitte, big names like that. And it's hard enough in small business to keep on top of existing processes, let alone creating what could potentially be unnecessary change for ourselves. And there's the ever-evolving compliance changes from one government organisation or another, which means we need to adapt and change. So the good news, helpers in hand, as always with Small Biz Matters, Donnie Buchanan is an expert in his field. He supports small business and medium-sized business to navigate this change and support them through the process. After working at zero to implement complex and compliant heavy software into large accounting firms, he knows the most practical way to break down the steps of change management and avoid putting all your stakeholders offside. Welcome to the show, Donnie. Thanks, Alexi. Good to be here. Now, we had an awesome chat, actually, um, when we met at a cafe a few weeks ago, because um, I have to say it's like this, it's a kind of a fence-sitting thing. On one hand, I'm quite fearful of change. I'm not a fan. I like things to stay the same. But we live in as small businesses in an ever-evolving world. It's almost daily you'll get an email from one of your software companies going, hey, we've done something new and you have to do it right now to be the most efficient possible thing that you can and you can't keep on top of it. So just broadly, how do we break down that thought process and, and I guess that the walls that come up as soon as we start talking about change in small business? How do you, how do you get past that hurdle to begin with? Yeah, well, good question. Like, it's always a discussion that, that happens internally with, with staff. Gen- generally, you know, my, my experience is with smaller businesses, so uh, especially small accounting firms and usually one partner and maybe two tops. And uh, what, what happens is they, they start to um, try and execute a goal. And, you know, the thing is then they start sort of getting lost in information coming in from their network and from software companies mm. and um, some of their staff. And all of a sudden they're kind of like, how do I do this? Mm. What do I do? When do I do it? Who should do it? So do you think it's really like an idea just pops into the business owner's head and goes, oh, well, we need to be better at this. And then they start researching it and they probably expect some of their staff to research it. and everybody's going at different tangents. And then all of a sudden 
if you ever do come together to actually implement it, it's one big fat mess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's usually when I arrive. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> this is the point at which you think about bringing in a consultant. So so basically why, just broadly, why, why is it good to sort of um, bring in a consultant to implement change in your business? Never mind just the software, but just in general. If you're implementing change, why do you need someone to hold your hand? Yeah, Good question. Look, ultimately, a consultant is usually quite passionate and they've ended up there because they just somehow landed there. You, know, you don't see many people sort of getting trained to be a consultant at uni. True. They become them mm. uh, through experience and they realise, hey, there's a bit of a gap here. I like this stuff. Why mm. don't I do it? So all of a sudden you get a, you get a reputation and, um, and people start, start calling. But um, the, value, the value is it really comes down to experience and, um, you know, those businesses, they can't generate the experience. They haven't got the time. So they rely on you and your experience to get them over the line. And so when you're implementing, uh, sorry, engaging with a consultant, what uh, what are your top tips for what questions do you need to ask that person? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, good point. Like, I t- always take the accounting firm as the example. They would They would need to probably ask them to prove some type of results Yep. because ultimately they're going to pay some money and they need to know what the outcome is. Generally, it's results-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, a good good consultant will have some type of yardstick saying, hey, if you engage me, um, you will get X outcomes. Um, you know, hopefully they can quantify them because mm-hmm. most people are interested in profit, money. So um, that'll be number one. And then they need to really understand the, the industry. And for me... I'm an accountant, 10 years in accounting. I've got a master's in accounting. I worked at zero. I've worked in practices. Um, so you really So your, to... your dig is accounting? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. So yeah, you want yeah. to look for someone who's basically got a longevity and experience. And I guess I yeah. like what you said at the beginning of the program about them being passionate about their – you don't want someone coming in and just going, okay, so what do we do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to be, have a bit of an enthusiasm about them because they're going to be – I guess, dragging you and your staff on this journey and they, they need to be a bit of a rah-rah person. They need to be a bit of a salesman. Well, 100%. I've seen what didn't work mm. and that drove me. Mm. I saw these people suffering and I just went, this ain't right. Right. You know, I know, what you, I know where you're trying to go. Mm. I'm going to figure out a way to get you there. Yeah, yeah. And so um, obviously having someone that's, that's well developed and understands the industry quite well and then do you want someone, say for example you are doing it within regards to software or some major process change, should they have gone through that themselves? It's like the old adage, you never get a business coach that doesn't run a business. Should you also have a consultant that's been through that process themselves or been through it a few times with different firms? Oh, 100%. You know, that's where you get your scars, you know, and those scars are what drive your passion and they really get you over the line and, and, win, you, and win the customer because, you know, you can't... Look, ultimately, one of my biggest things is if you can't put yourself in the shoes of the person you're serving... Yes. ...then you are, are going to struggle to meet that, meet that person's needs. So let's talk about the four Ps. So we've got, you know, product, platform, people and process, which is um, a bit of a cornerstone for the way that you work, not necessarily the way that all consultants work. But I, I thought it might be useful to talk through the listeners about this process because it doesn't matter what you're implementing if it's software or a process or some big, you know, you've been taken over by another company and the whole thing needs to change. These are the four pillars that you're, you're going to be working towards and working through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it might be good to help people through um, understanding the process of change management. So the first one is product. Yep. So why is this the first one and, and what, what is exactly does it mean? 
Well, ultimately, anyone um, that is going to go through some type of change has some type of goal in mind, and generally it's profit, more money, growth in revenue, something like that, or a cut in costs. A lot of that comes down to the product they deliver. Um, Once again, with accounting firms, generally when I go in, they want to streamline things in order to create capacity Hmm. in order to offer new services. So they really need to understand what their product is now, but also what they want it to be in the future. There's no point bringing in a platform if you don't know what your new product's going to be or what impact it's going to have on it. You really need to know where you are now and where you want to go. So is it almost like you have to envisage what the end result's going to be in terms of, okay, what, what are you trying to achieve by rolling out this new process or this new piece of software? I liked what you were saying about capacity. I mean, that's, if anything... Anybody who's implementing try and change is trying to improve capacity because you're trying to, you know, free up um, the burden of stuff that you're doing badly in order to imp- increase a product or increase a something or, you know, increase your staff's capacity to do more. Is that is that the fundamental and, and why you need to think of the end product and the end goal? Yeah, well, with the four Ps, they all relate. The, uh, the four Ps is really, it's like a decision framework mm. where you're always deciding something and what you'll find is every time a decision pops up, it generally fits into one of the four Ps. And then you'll notice that one is going to affect the other. I always say start with product because they're your goals and you've got to keep those in mind right at the very start. And then you can move on to the other ones. It's kind of like, okay, where are we going? Mm. Cool. Next step, how are we going to get there? The next three Ps. Do you, do you often need to, when you're thinking about the end goal in mind, do you already have to have had the process in mind? Do you already have to have um, an idea about which software you're going to implement? Is that, is that where you start and then you go, well, I need a consultant that can help me do that? Or do you just literally kind of start blind and go, look, we really want to just increase capacity. How do we do it? Yeah, well, that's when the, the platform, the second P, comes into play. It's kind of like once they've kind of established what their product is and what they want it to look like in the future, mm. they go, right, okay, so uh, what are we going to use? Uh, you know, Salesforce, Zero. Where, where are we going? G Suite? What, what, which one? You know, and that's where the consultant's value is really high is to look at the first P and go, okay, you want to go there. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's take a look at this platform over here mm. and, and see if it enables that product. Because you need to be thinking about what is, yeah, because exactly, you need that product at the end to know what goal you're trying to attain yeah. in order to know what process. Because this is a problem with small businesses. There are so many options out there. I think a few of us are sort of familiar with maybe 10%. Um, and then maybe someone in change management really needs to be across a whole suite of different products that you're going to implement, right? Would you have that expectation as well? Yeah, exactly. That's where I sort of land in that sort of accounting Mm. firm space, I kind of go, well, okay, well, you know, you're you're really not going to get that from that product, unfortunately. But, you know, but if you piece it together with this, Uh then, you know, the opportunities are are definitely there. And also, obviously, the implementation and making sure everybody's using that. We'll get to that in a second because the people are a fairly thing. So the platform that you're using is crucial. And I guess uh, one of the things that um, uh, people are fearful about change management, and I'll put my hand up and say this as well about my practice, is I'm really scared of diving down the rabbit hole Mm. of learning a whole new, even if it's a small piece of software, like a timekeeper, like a little, you know, like a clock just to, to monitor the time my staff are doing. I'm scared to implement something like that, waste everyone's time and then find out that it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess having a consultant alleviates that, but you you wouldn't want to be diving down the wrong rabbit hole with 
someone and, and, and it not working. So that, that change management thing is quite important, isn't it? Oh, 100%. And that's the, a good consultant will go through a pretty in-depth scope right at the very start, you know, and that's and that jumps into the other four pieces, you know, who are the people involved? What are the current processes? You know, what are you trying to achieve? And, um, you know, like with, you know, that's a classic example of people just uh, choosing a software because maybe their mate said it was good. Mm. And then all of a sudden they realise, oh, it doesn't quite fit my business though. Okay. You know, I read all the reviews online and it all said, yeah, thumbs up. And now I've tried it and oops. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. So let's talk about your typical accounting firm because obviously um, that's a good example of a, a consultancy business or someone who's just in um, services and you need to have something that looks after the, the fundamental part of your business, the platform that everything runs on, but then you've also got to have a CRM and you've also got to have something that's going to look after your cloud based documentation so how are you supporting all that documents and and then also then the workflow for your staff so often it's you start like you were saying at the beginning of the show you kind of pick away at it and you go well that's a problem we're trying to solve but often the problem is much greater how do you how do you not um like that like it's like when you've got a house and you get a handyman in and you get them to do two things and they're there for four days because they found so much stuff that needs to be fixed. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like that with a small business. So how do you not um, bracket creep all of those services? How do you just compartmentalise it a little bit? Oh, uh, you kind of don't. <laughs> you do. You allow it to yeah, just yeah, yeah. flow. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Is There's a classic, that's a really good example because things just turn up that you don't expect. Like everyone's like, Example accounting firm, you, you kind of expect, uh, you know, the, the, the services they sell will be very similar across all different accounting firms. But internally, there's all these different competing factors, people, processes, um, you know, motivations and that type of thing. And it, all of a sudden it can get really out of hand. So it's often very, very difficult to scope. Mm. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about those different stakeholders, obviously the business owner and the staff, but someone we haven't mentioned is clients. Yep. So a lot of times we, we put off putting in change because we don't want to frighten our clients away because we're doing it too often. Do you think that's a really good reason why you should try and do it all at once and then roll it out across the practice? Hundred percent. It's the first thing I say, and uh, when I'm when I'm actually when I've when, when a uh, potential client has engaged me for a bit of a scope, one of the first things I like to do is always remind them, don't forget about your customer. Mm. Every decision we make is it going to is there going to be an impact on your customer? If there is, is it good or bad? Mm. Because you you know they because they get lost. They all they all get lost amongst all the information coming in. And I keep referring them back to hey your customer don't upset your customer mm. big problem and then if anything else they're the ones who need a bit of hand holding through the change management as well don't they yeah 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 oh, look we're going to take a quick break here on small biz matters and when we come back we've been talking about platform and um and the actual product and we're talking about the four p's here with donnie buchanan all about change management and when we come back we're going to talk about the big one <laughs> i think this is the big one the people the people who are involved the stakeholders who are humans that we've got to think about when implementing change you are listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We'll be back after this. So, Donnie, we're talking all about change management. Mm -hmm. And actually, that was a really good example about single touch payroll. Mm. Because do you think there's a generalised fear when the government, I mean, they they have said quite publicly that this is the biggest change to the tax system since the GST. Mm. Do you think there's a general fear among businesses when the ATO does something like this? Oh, 100%. I'm an accountant and I get scared. <laughs> and I know what to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it's not, a, it's not a big change in this case. I mean, the thing that frustrates me, I think, when the ATO does these change things is that 
they are ripping the band-aid off with this one, which is good. Like when they did the, the, the superannuation clearinghouse thing. Mm. How long did that take? Two and a half years? Took them ages. I keep on extending the deadline. But I really do believe that this is a, a quite a, a clear and distinct deadline. They've gone out there. They've told a lot of people. Your accountant should know about it. Your bookkeeper absolutely will know about it. So go and get some help. Go and get some information. And there's tons of it out there. There's really no excuse because if you run a business, you, you really are... You're absolutely aware of it by now, surely. Yeah, well, that's the thing is I've had plenty of inquiries and, you know, a lot of the times I say to them, look, you, you, this may sound painful, but guess what? You don't have to do this job anymore. You don't mm. have to do that job anymore. And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, there's benefits. You just got to get with it. Yeah. You know? And also it's there to protect the employee. So often with these big changes that we see from government, they're not trying to be horrible to us. They are actually doing it to protect the little guys and often sometimes to protect small business as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great thing. Look, at the end of the day, um, you know, when people want to go for loans or if they need, um, they want to get their tax return done quickly, it's going to be so much easier for them. And they don't have to, you know, ask for information. And, and uh, the information's already there. Yeah. You know, they can jump on MyGov and do the tax return. Exactly. I think it feeds in quite nicely with what we're going to talk about now because we've been talking about change management just before the break. Anyone that missed it, we're talking about implementing change in your business and it doesn't matter if it's like one singular process or if it's a complete overhaul you've still got these four p's your pillars if you will donnie where we talk about your product just quickly just overview what that product thing is again okay so product is um if you're going to implement change you got to know what your product is now and what you want it to be in the future excellent and then of course the platform is what are you going to use to implement that product exactly so technology what type of you know platform are you going to implement in order to to meet those product goals Mm, mm. and then the third one which we're going to talk about now is of course people Mm. now we've got a bunch of we've got a bunch of people (laughs) we need to deal with we've got we've got the business owner who i can imagine with with your role can often be the most difficult person to deal with and then you've got the people within the business and i guess to some extent you've got external people who may be consulting with the business who have to be part of the process and lastly although i shouldn't say lastly is the client now, tell me again why it's important that you always think of the client first when you're implementing change. Yeah, well, ultimately, you don't want to disrupt them and you don't want to make, make their life any more difficult than what it is now. I mean, you're delivering them what they want, clearly, otherwise they wouldn't be coming back. So, mm. and, and under no circumstances do you want to compromise that. So that customer needs to be at the forefront of your decision-making all the time. Is it a matter of really understanding your customers? Um, I mean, I'm thinking back to when I redid my engagement letter and there were quite a few changes because of cybersecurity issues and a whole bunch of other stuff that I needed to inform them about. And I made a really pretty colourful email that was very clear and very well formatted and looked gorgeous. And I still had people... I didn't mind them asking questions, obviously, because that meant they at least read it. But I still had people had to, having to chase them. Have you read it? They go, no. Okay. Can I talk to you about it? So does it require a little bit of hand-holding with your end client as well to make sure they, they get it? Yeah. If they're going to notice the change, absolutely. Like not, not all changes in platform actually um, – the customer sometimes doesn't even notice. You know, mm. For example, a tax return coming out of a new software just has a different colour and a different layout and they might go – Whatever, so it doesn't really affect them. But 100, percent like you know, if you're not if you're if you're not help, helping your customers through this through, through the same change, then um, it could lead to the fifth P, which I call pain. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, the P we don't want to talk about. That's the one we're trying to avoid. <laughs> So talking about people, so, so you've made a decision. Yeah. Um, okay, and I guess the first thing you need to know is who it, it is going to affect because you're yeah. trying to avoid it affecting with any pain of, yeah. with your, your clients. 
But do you need to isolate with each of these platforms um, who in your business is going to be involved in it? Is that a good starting point? 100%. And that's, that. look, the, 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 the other P processes, people and processes, the two work together the most and um, they, they constantly overlap. And like I said, it's a decision framework. Every time you make a decision about a person, it'll be a process decision as well because it's, it's going to affect what they do and how they do it. Mm. Um, Look, it's the, it's, it's the biggest challenge I find because it's really easy for me to say, look, you know, the product is, does this, you know, and we've got these different fields and it's got this type of uh, outcome for you. So it's like it, it's, it's easy to estimate, you know, what's going to happen with this platform. But the hardest part about change is people because they are complex and they have different motivations and it's really unpredictable. I, I find it the greatest challenge but also the best part because um, I get to, I, well, number one is I get to meet people and see them in their raw environment which is really cool, it really exposes me to the reality of what they do mm. and um, yeah I just I just love it. Like some days I go into an accounting practice and um, I'll walk in and there'll be 12 staff sitting around a boardroom table and they'll take one look at me <laughs> and all I can feel is the holy water and the crucifix is coming out because they know, <laughs> they know that I'm here to disrupt everything they do. Yeah, because there's that element of fear. I mean, if you're, if you're putting in a plug-in into a piece of software, the software's not going to go, I'm not doing this because I'm just frightened. <laughs> but people will do that, I suppose. And I guess those, it's not just you, but I guess it's the business owner as well that needs to roll out even the thought of implementing change, and is that their role? Is that is that the business owner's role? Is to manage uh, the staff expectations and to manage the people involved, or is it still the consultant's role as well? Or is it a bit both? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's always a mixture of both. That's that's the thing is like people engage consultants on different levels because of their generally, generally their budget, mm. and um, you know we we probably do both. You know we look you know like. like Accounting firm partner, you know, him and I would work, to, or him, her and I would work together and um, sort of figure out the impact. You know, I always in my scope say, how many staff have you got? Mm. Can you tell me their experience levels? Well, speaking of that, let's talk about the different ways of rolling it out. So um, what what are the different ways you can roll out any sort of change? Um, yeah, well, that's the thing is the, the, I, I'm involved, when, when an accounting firm moves to the to an online, new online platform, like, you know, there's different, there's, you know, maybe a half a dozen components over a three-year journey. So, um, you know, I, I sort of get involved in, in the majority of those. And, um, you know, with, with, with the people, we really need to sit down and say, right, okay, so, you know, even down to how old is this person? Are they going to be around in five years? Maybe we shouldn't really give them that many tasks. We oh. should kind of, you know, that, that, that type. That, those discussions are real. They need to be had. And, yeah. and, and, and things like, you know, have you got any juniors coming through? Oh, great. Is there, is there anyone that's really passionate about this stuff? Maybe we should, you know, give them lots of tasks. Or um, what's going on over here? Are these people, they want to challenge, they want to change, they want to do things. So we sort of scope, look at all the different players in the game. Do you have to also think about their pay grade and what they're, um, what they're able to do and not give them too much in that they should be paid more if they're going to start being basically managing other staff through the rollout. Yep. Is that something you've got to look at as well? Is it what their current roles are and if they need to be paid more? Yeah, exactly. And um, well, obviously that choice lies with the business owner about whether whether they're going to get a pay increase or not. But um, one of the one of the really good things about working um, working in this space is that um, you get to you get to see development in a person growth because they love the challenge. You know, some of them just stick their hand up like they're in the classroom. Me, 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 me. I want to do this. And then someone like sitting there, arms folded, going, 
I can't stand this guy. Who is this guy? Get, get him out of here. Get him out of here. I can feel the daggers from across the room. But I love, I love that. I love breaking down. I love building the rapport. And what it comes back to me as a consultant, putting myself in the shoes of every single person in that room, if I can, mm. and, and looking at myself. Let's talk about, are you a fan of picking up your staff and taking them away for a weekend or for a few days, paid retreat, um, where you, you help them implement the change? What Do you think that's good for everyone or are there certain businesses that doesn't work for? Yeah, uh, 100%. Uh, classic example, I'm going to Watson's Bay with an accounting firm on Friday to do a, to do a full day's training implementation, laptops, beer and fish and chips. I mean, what better way That's to... tough. What, what, better, <laughs> what better way to get an implementation underway? Yeah, so do you think it's good to remove your staff out of the, out of the environment? 100%. You know, make them relax, give them, you know, give them a treat. At the end of the day, you don't want them throwing their hands up in the air and walking away. Mm. You know, you really got to massage them through this journey. Journey. Okay. Yeah. So the people thing is is really quite important, isn't it? And I guess you mentioned before when we were when we were sitting down and chatting, it's it's a real balancing act, um, and it's about balancing those nervous personalities with those who are putting their hands up and saying, "Yep, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I really want the change." And it, I guess it t- does come down to personalities. Yeah, and like I said, the biggest part, the, the, the biggest challenge in being a consultant and using the four P's is, is working with those people. And they look look at the end of the day when when I put myself in the shoes of someone that came into the business to change how everything works, then all of a sudden, you know, that's your livelihood. The wages you pay, your mortgage, your kids through school, everything like that. No wonder they're nervous. They're thinking to themselves, am I going to be able to do this? Mm. When was the last time I went to school? 15, 20 years ago? Um, you know, and you, you feel it when, when, when you're dealing with them. And all you've got to do is you've just got to remind them that this is a goal-focused outcome and, and you are part of it, but you just need to get with You just need to stay with us on this journey. Mm. We're, we're, we're going to get you there. And yeah. I suppose a bit of reassurance in that saying that, well, it's, you're not going to lose your job if you don't implement this change. Yeah, well, ultimately or, or they are don't. You? <laughs> well, <laughs> ultimately the employees do not have a choice. Mm, this is true, and that's the thing. Is I kind of remind them, say, look, you know, you can love this or you can hate this, but either way, it's not stopping. There's a decision made by your employer, so I'm here to to make it as as painless as possible for you. Yeah, and and, I, and I've been in your shoes, and that's the good thing about my experience is I can turn to them and say, look, I've done this. I've been exactly where you're sitting. I know what you're thinking. You're going to be fine, but you just got to work with me. Stop pushing back. And that, and that is something we were saying before about the importance of a consultant actually having a lot of empathy and understanding and been through the process with, you know, I guess it's a lot of reassurance when you say, I've been through this with exactly this sort of size practice with these sort of people before. It's going to be okay. We're going to get to the end of it. Do you find that with the more nervous people, the process takes longer in terms of time? <laughs> Um, it did at the start when I was inexperienced, but what I've developed over time is what what um, you will know as rapport, and and that can come like a lot of our communication, more than more than two about two two thirds of effective communication is body language, sitting there you know being open, actually standing next to and almost mimicking mirroring them physically can also bring some type of energy like it's a, it's an interesting like I've started studying neuro-linguistic programming I don't know if you've 
Yeah, we've had someone on the show before come on and talk about um, the importance of that, understanding that when you're doing pu- any sort of public speaking, whether it just be meet and greets or networking or really that, that sort of what, neuro-linguistic programming, exactly that. So, yeah, that was, that was an awesome show, actually. Yeah, well, what it is, it's a behavioural science and the, what it is, is it's, it's techniques for really effective communication. That's where I found it's valuable in my change management is um, working with those people when, when, when you can feel the barriers up and you can, you can you know, all the negative vibes and you just want to turn it around. So you got to sort of build that rapport. Is it a bit like tradie speak? You know, when a tradie comes into <laughs> your house and you immediately like lose all of your ability to yeah. to speak in long, complex sentences because <laughs> you you want to speak at their just to make them feel a bit more comfortable because they've come in your home. It's kind of that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> it's that, that mirroring, isn't it? It's, <laughs> yeah, you want to you want to go. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm 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 just like you are. I'm going to make you feel a bit better than 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 you feel right now. And you're not you don't need to be nervous. Yeah, and I know the things that really upset accountants and then really make them happy like spreadsheets <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah. love spreadsheets pretty spreadsheets i start talking talk about spreadsheets to them and they're like oh, oh he's, excellent. he's talking he's, our language he speaks our language <laughs> just like you do with the tradie we're going to take a quick break here on small biz matters and when we come back we're going to talk about the fourth p the process uh a little bit more with donnie buchanan you're listening to triple h 100.1 fm this is alexi boyd and small biz matters we'll be back after this and you're live in the studio with triple h 100.1 fm this is small biz matters with alexi boyd those of you who have just tuned in we have been talking all about small business education with donnie buchanan we're talking about change management in particular uh perhaps rolling out a piece of software and amongst your staff but this of course all of these processes and these theories um, can be applied to any sort of change management you've got in your business. Before the break, we were talking about people, people being often the biggest sticking point, the biggest hurdle, such a bunch of personalities that you're dealing with and not forgetting about all your people's stakeholders, your staff, your contractors, your clients, you, the business owner. Is the you, the business owner, are they, in your experience, Donnie, are they the most difficult to deal with are they the most reluctant for change or is it better to well what I'm asking is it good to engage with a consultant when you've made the decision or perhaps when you're just going and just thinking about this both yeah yeah the thing thing is yeah I I, I get uh, customers coming to me not sure about why they're even talking to me. What do you do again, Donnie? Okay, so let me explain. You've been referred to me because, um, you know, you're, you're thinking of making a change. And um, a lot of the people that refer to me actually hope that I will seal the deal for them. As you help them make a decision. Yeah, and well, it's about the confidence, knowing that uh, the confidence that they've got someone like me on, in their corner to, to get them where they want to go. And that's what a good consultant would do is, I guess we're talking about hand-holding, aren't we? We're really, I mean, if, if someone's thinking about the change, I mean, we've got like, as we were saying before the break, we got we got changes about the single-touch payroll which are pushed upon us by government agencies. But then there's a lot of change management that's that's based in choice. So I guess what I'm saying is, is, is there a lot of um, people who need help to make that choice, but they know what's good for them, they know what they're trying to get to the end? Yeah, like a lot of people, like you said, a good example is when, when the new laws come in, you know, they, 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 they kind of get scared into acting. But some of them just, um, some of them free up time and they go, oh God, I've had this idea for about five years, mm. but I've never found the time. And all of a sudden I've got like four weeks of nothing. Why don't I... Who is that guy's name again? Donnie who? You know, next minute they're calling up. Was it, yeah. was it you I was talking to 18 months yeah. ago? Yeah, <laughs> so it can, be, it can be a bit of a long process as well. So oh, I, guess, yeah. I guess what I'm saying, those of you out there who are thinking about change management at any level, um, I guess 
having the conversation with someone. It's good to do it at any point. Let's talk about processes now because this comes hand in hand with people and the reason for that is because the people are your, I guess, your key stakeholder in this situation. You're not going to be talking to your computer and asking if it's okay for you to plug in a new piece of software. It's the people who need to do it. Why do processes and people go so hand in hand together? Yeah, well, it comes back to that product goal is generally revenue growth or or cost cutting or uh, cost cost cutting cutting. (laughs) or both. (laughs) Um, So um, what what it is, is uh, once you have, you know, we'll go back to the all four. So you've chosen, you know your product, you've chosen your platform, the people have already been there, you might bring some new ones in. But the fourth one goes hand in hand with the people. How are we going to do it? You know, and it comes down to a lot of things like uh, it's, you know, creating an operations manual or checklists or reinventing the entire checklist or, 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 or even producing more reports that they couldn't get in their other platform and things like that. And, and those processes are ultimately, you know, the right people using them is where you win because that's kind of that's kind of the loose end. You've chosen your, you know your product, you've chosen your platform, but the three and four people and processes, that's constantly evolving during probably a 12 to 24 month, and especially for accounting firms, uh, that, 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 that's the sort of like the journey of people and processes. Oh, we think we're going to do it this way. Um, all right, yeah, Donnie's given us uh, this sort of guide over here, so let's, let's put that into play. Oh, we didn't get the outcomes that Donnie promised well why don't we go back to donnie and oh yeah okay well donnie's so expect told us. a bit of a managing and massaging of the process absolutely when you were talking just then i was thinking about you know the product the end goal at the bottom and then you've got the 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 sorry no not the product yes the product of the end goal the platforms in the middle yep. and then your process is kind of the flow chart to get down to the actual product at the end yeah um and i guess the people it's each of those steps is who's doing what is is the very important part is that what you mean by how the people and the processes come together yeah well the people are using the processes that's the thing is they're using like with the accounting firm example generally they do the same tasks every accounting firm i go into generally does the same thing yeah not, not 80, 80 to 90 percent of the work they do is similar across all my all my client base so it's the people using the processes if that's not done properly and followed and they use old habits from old platforms that's where they lose the efficiency they were trying to gain yes and you know it's a, a lot of it's habitual yes and a lot of the th- a lot of the time and as I was getting back to neurolinguistic programming is I have to get into their mindset and actually adjust it for them adjust is a probably good way to describe it and um, you know it's 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 along along the lines of um, establishing the right processes, but they're always evolving. But I guess you have to sell it in terms of not only the person, but also just not only the person, but also their, their, them understanding that their end goal is going to be making their lives easier too. Yep. It's not just about the business being better. It's actually them going to be better as well. Because Absolutely. they're going to be freed up to maybe do something that they're more interested in. And you want to take away all those menial tasks. Yeah. Because that's what quite often these software things are supposed to do, <laughs> meant to make our lives easier and, and try and do that as well. Do you think that's where the fear factor comes in? Because I think that, oh, if I don't, I've got so efficient at doing it this way. If you make it me do it a different way, I'm not going to be as efficient. Is that one of the fear factors? Hundred percent. That's the main fear factor. It's yeah. like you know, you like I said back bef- before, their livelihood. They earn their income to pay for their family through what they're doing. You know, and and if you don't sort of make them realise that, hey, that's not going to change. It could actually even Im- improve for you because you're going to develop some really cool new skills. Your boss is going to love you. And not only that, we're going to measure it so you can, so he can actually see the results. Do you sometimes, if you have to get people over the line, go, listen, 
you get a bit of you're going to get a bit of a, an accreditation or a certification with this particular software platform and if things don't work out with this employer <laughs> then then you get to take that knowledge with you is that is that sometimes the way to get them across the line yeah well i try not to have that conversation yeah, not with in front of the business <laughs> so yeah definitely not but but 100% look that and that's one of the amazing things about what the cloud accounting um, environment has done is a lot of people can jump straight out of a firm with a very low startup budget mm. and just start in a practice straight away yeah. phone laptop car Okay, so flipping it back around now, is that a fear for the business owner where they go, oh, my God, you've got to train up all my staff and they're going to leave? 100%. And I remind them of it all the time. I'm like, you know what? You know, Don't forget this is how easy it is for your clients to go. So let's make, I mean, sorry, for your staff to leave. So it is a risk factor for them. 100%. So they, the more beer and fish and chips you can give them during this process to make them feel good about it, the better? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Look, there's a massive disruption in accounting practices right now and it comes and goes oh look it's it, this this disruption in anything you tell yeah. you say to Google, you know you say to a to business owner single touch payroll and they're going to freak out that's not just accounting firms yeah you talk to a, a business owner about getting in the cloud yeah. and you know what happens if your house burns down and everything goes with it there's a way to avoid that but you've got to change the way you work or you know um stop using your business cards in a rolodex as your crm <laughs> so all of those things i think in any implementation in change implement and that's what I want today's listeners to get to get out of this program is the fact that it doesn't matter if you're talking about a whole firm change with 15 or 20 people or it's just you Mm. and you're doing something that changes you know one aspect of your business think about the four p's think about people you still got to have people there are still people involved you're involved you're involved yeah your staff are your your clients are involved your Mm -hmm. consultants are involved Mm -hmm. think about the end product what are you trying to achieve yeah and then think about the platform there is i mean aside from using consultants such as yourself there's obviously a lot of information out there you can go to your professional association Mm -hmm. uh you can talk to your colleagues in the small business world yep and you can test stuff you can. The thing about testing stuff um, is the majority of software companies out there generally have the same goal, and that is to build a scalable model. Mm. And with that comes they want to grow revenue and they want to keep customer acquisition and, and cost to serve costs down. Generally, that might be at the expense of us as the people that are looking at the software. And, um, you, know, you know, you go into the help centre and it's really difficult. And a lot of the software companies say, you can do this. Yeah. You can do it, no problem. But um, they're not thinking of it in terms of the person who's implementing change. Exactly, yeah. So there's there's a lot of risk in trying to do it yourself. Plus the time. Mm. It's not even really just the cost because so many of these software companies offer one month for free, don't yep. they? It's not, the, it's not that. It's like you could literally lose a whole month while you're trying to implement something that just didn't work in the end. Yeah, but not only that, you don't really know what your outcome looks like, mm. you know, without a consultant. It's kind of like all, you know, a lot of people, I think people these days get addicted to software trials because they like the shiny bells and whistles and everyone else is using it and people are talking What's about it on social. What's the expression called? App stacking? <laughs> I don't think that's a good thing. Like, I think I'd like to see app, um, app not app stacking, but rather app efficiency. Yeah, soft, uh, subscription addiction is a new one. Yeah, I've heard the other and day. subscription creep. <laughs> subscription creep, yes. yes. Everyone sit down and look at how many different subscriptions you're paying per month and then add them all together and go, do I really need Netflix and Stan? <laughs> Are my kids really wedded to those TV shows? How much trouble I'm going to get into? Yeah. So all these things we could talk about when it comes to change management because we are in it and this is the world that we live in and it's the way we operate with businesses. I wanted to say thank you very much for coming on the show today, Donnie. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, where can people find out a little bit more about you and your business? Um, yeah, 
you can reach me on LinkedIn. So it's Donny, spelt like Donny Brasco, D-O-N-N-I-E, Buchanan. Uh, I've got a I've got a website called EntryCounts.com. You can jump on there. Uh, you can book me. There's a uh, Calendly link, and you can you know grab me for a 15, 15 minute phone call, have a chat, let me know what you're thinking. Plenty of ways to get in touch. Yeah, some great resources on there as well, Donny. Plenty so of resources. Sharing them. We might yeah. share some of those on our Small Biz Matters Facebook page. Speaking of which, if you've missed any of today's program, you can of course catch up on smallbizmatters.com.au where there are over 150 podcasts just like this one and guess what everyone we have yet to repeat a topic so if you want to get yourself educated and find out all about how to run a business not just grow it but actually how to run it then get in touch we of course broadcast for ATO and soon ASIC as well so find out what's coming up on the show as well plus you don't forget about our event calendar where you can find out all the events that are coming up on the upper and lower north shore and subscribe to our newsletter to find out who's coming on the show thank you once again for coming on the show Donnie awesome to be here we'll have another great guest next week you've been listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd Uh, we'll see you all next week